Hi, this is Amy. I'm here today with Dry Diva, Dr. Leslie O'Dell, and two special guests. In fact, a husband and wife team, Dr. Sonsino, both Jeffrey and Michelle. Hi, it's great to have you all here today. Thank you, guys. Hi, guys. Yeah, it's really great to have you guys. So tell me a little bit. You, you have um, a private practice in Tennessee? Yeah, so okay. um, Michelle, my wife, uh, started a private practice back in 2006, where it was actually interesting. She was working in a commercial location and just, it was not her cup of tea. And we just looked at each other. We had just gotten married. We had bought our first house and we said, why don't we just start you a practice? You know, we, we don't, we didn't have any kids at that time. We didn't have any liabilities. It just seemed like a, the right thing at the right time. And so literally, she started a one examination lane practice a block away from a, a, a very large uh, medical center where I was on faculty. And she literally just threw out a shingle, didn't have one single patient to her name. She would walk into the practice sometimes and see one patient a day. And very quickly, um, the practice exploded. Um, she she has just this amazing emotional intelligence that just seeps right through to her patients. Aww. Her patients really, really love her and talk about her to all of their friends. And the practice literally exploded. And it got to the point where she had one exam lane, one front desk uh, gal that practiced in her practice. And within a year, she busted out the wall of the, 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 the business next to her, built two more examination lanes, increased her square footage, hired on a ton of staff. And, um, and Jeff, it, now you're her publicist or are you in practice with <laughs> Michelle? My employee. Well, wow. I'm, I'm getting to that point. <laughs> um, and so uh, let's see, fast forward to six years ago, when I decided to leave academic medical practice and join her in private practice. And um, we moved locations to double the square footage from there still. Now we have five examination lanes. We have two other doctors uh, that work with us. Um, we have 11 staff. And before COVID-19, we had a thriving <laughs> practice. And so you're married, you own a practice together, and now you're in quarantine together. And we have you both today to talk to us about how this COVID thing is really impacting our lives. So we actually, we actually really appreciate it because I'm sure you have a lot of um, interesting views because especially since your practice is closed, you want to be in touch with patients. So I think it's a great opportunity for you to be able to share with us and our listeners about how this global health emergency can can impact our high our eye health in, in general, but how our beauty and hygiene practices are more than ever really, really important and how our our makeup usage and cosmetics can you know, need to be adapted to address, address this global health emergency and our lifestyle wellness. And really how I kind of was, um, you know, wanting to have you guys share a little bit was because of a patient case that you must have put up on some social media platform, um, Jeff, about co um, cosmetic glue. 
I think from false eyelashes that you were removing as an emergency. And I'm not sure if that was actually during COVID or not. So maybe you can tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Well, yeah, I'll tell you first. I mean, I think every doctor out there right now is concerned about the safety of all of their patients. Um, you know, we don't have the luxury right now of deferring patient care to emergency rooms. In fact, I think most optometrists are on call for their patient base that we are trying actively to keep patients out of emergency rooms because A, those emergency rooms are flooded with the real life and death cases. And B, we don't want our healthy patients going to a place where they may be exposed to COVID-19. So I think most optometrists right now are doing their darndest to try to keep patients with acute eye problems from having to go to the emergency room. And so in the time of COVID-19, we've basically stopped doing routine um, eye care, which is a departure for us. But we have continued to do emergency. But care. also, it's interrupt. Sorry, but it's important to know that people do have regular questions about their their eye health. It isn't just emergency eye health. So it's really important that you're still able to get in touch with the patients are able to get in touch with you somehow because maybe it's something as basic as they broke their reading glasses and they can't see or their eye their contact lens is jammed in the back of their eye and they don't can't get it out or I mean or there's the eyelash the false eyelash emergency but it, it's not something that would typically warrant an emergency room visit. So it's it's really great that you have some way of getting in touch with them or really important. So Michelle, how many patients do you think we have calling the practice on a daily basis right now through this? I mean, after COVID, I mean, we've, we've probably maybe four or five an hour, mostly, you know, are wow. you open? Are you taking exam or seeing routine care yet? I need to order more contacts, but we're still getting quite a bit of phone calls um, even post COVID. And of those, I, I think or we're probably, COVID. we're averaging, what, about two emergency patients yeah, a day? Yeah, about two a day mm -hmm. that we triage to see. And, you know, the, the term emergency spans the gap. I mean, we've seen patients with eye infections. We've seen patients who, on their various home improvement projects during this time, have gouged their eyes with, you know, tree branches. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think the case that you're talking about was, uh, a patient that I saw who um, was applying nail glue. Oh, even worse. To her nail. Even worse. <laughs> it's even worse than I remembered. Okay. And, nail glue. Oh, so nail. it wasn't eyelash extensions. I, you know what? It, it's funny. Like the, the resident expert in our practice of the beauty stuff is obviously not myself, but it is my <laughs> wife. And so some of those, some of those things I get wrong <laughs> quite, quite frequently. But yes, so apparently there's nail glue uh, in this gal's eye. Wow. And, you know, it was actually a very interesting case because she was hyper um, acute with her fear of me coming near her eyes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I explained to her, first I took a look at her and I, I determined that there was glue kind of all over the eyelids and the white part of the eye, the, the conjunctiva, and that it probably had to be removed. So wait, just a question. So was she 
putting false nails on and touch dry. That's how it got in there. She was using the nail glue to put on lashes. You know, I, I think if uh, if my <laughs> wife were there, she probably would have asked better questions. <laughs> so basically you're saying that it would be great for future that you ask certain questions like that and perhaps your male colleagues could also address this. <laughs> There's I, a listen, difference. I just, yeah. learned, I, I just learned what mascara was. Okay. <laughs> Um, it's important. But it's yeah, important. I mean, so, yes. so, so she somehow got this nail glue on the surface of her eyes. And, you know, when I explained the procedure of removing it, she started crying in the chair. And obviously that's not. But what's not... that procedure? Obviously that's not something. Well, it's more just that intense fear that some people have with their right. eyes. I've had patients, you know, pass Correct. out from me. I've had patients completely pass out from me talking too much. <laughs> So, so I know what you, I know who you're talking about. Well, it's interesting because a lot of people would never consider going to the eye doctor until they have a, a vision emergency and eye emergency in that sense. So I guess that adds to the scariness because they wouldn't just ask a simple question. It's like, Oh my God, I, I think I'm going to go blind. I mean, that must be terrifying. Well, you know what? You bring up a really important point in that I think it's imperative for people to develop those relationships so that they don't have the same kind of response as this, this mm-hmm. guy. And the way that, that res- the relationship is formed is by going for routine care on an annual mm-hmm. basis. And yep. so if you trust your eye doctor. Right. Remove you know the fear that, because you now uh, that's right. you have the um, understanding and it's familiar. Yeah. That's right. And so anyway, you know, we got past that. And I took some, uh, some pretty medical grade tweezers called forceps. And I literally peeled off the glue from the surface of her eye. And what she explained afterwards, I mean, the, the first thing that she that came out of her mouth was, that's it? That's mm-hmm. all it took? <laughs> you know, she was in this intense pain because of the glue, you know, hitting the surface of her eye every time she blinked. But then when it was removed, you know, the, 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 the cure was very simple. Right. Huh. Interesting, for sure. Sorry, sorry that I had that wrong. Um, but people are doing a lot more, you know, um, as it gets to this month of a lot of shutdowns across the country, we're having to do a lot more things at home, which might open the door to more. Um, and DYA products. Emerge- but even if you think about it, Leslie, yeah. because the question was, was the nail glue for applying nails or for lashes? So if you think about people mm. at she quarantine could've... right now, they've run out of products. So maybe they right. they wanted to, they ran out of mascara. So they're using their hair dye for their eyelashes. Okay, which we all know is wrong. But they may be using other products that they have on hand to do something that they shouldn't. But they're saying, well, it's just one time and I'm just going to try it because I need... I need my false eyelashes on until I can go back to the salon. So, you know, I guess that's another thing that we have to point out. It's just like if it's marked on the bottle, don't put in your eyes or don't put on their eyes or anywhere around your eyes. Don't, please don't use it there. Well, I mean, even in the best intentions, Michelle, I know you've seen a few cases of uh, lash extensions causing like the glue with lash extensions causing eye problems. Well, I think sometimes, you know, with the, with the eyelash extensions, you know, you, you paid so much money to have them, right? The yeah. last thing you want to do is scrub the area near, near your eyelid margin, which you need to do. Um, but you're so delicate around it that 
it just the gunk that you know mm-hmm. surfaces around the eyelash extension just keeps building up and building up and building up and then these people come in with really red and uncomfortable eyes and wonder why and a lot of it is the hygiene around the eyelash, ex- eyelash extension because they've paid so much money they don't want to scrub that eyelid margin like they and, should mm-hmm. so when you see that do you you just push them to hygiene and you find that the lashes can kind of withstand that better than they realized. Right. Or... So, I, mean, I, I personally, I used to wear eyelash extensions years ago and I had such dry eyes and I was always wondering like, why are my eyes so dry? They're, they're killing me. Mm-hmm. And I never really wanted to scrub the eyelid margin really well, even using the stuff they told me, you know, is oil free and fine to use because I'm like, I just paid a hundred bucks for these. I don't want to damage them. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. And then I, I just said, you know what, I'm going to stop these eyelash extensions for a while. This is wow. like a few years ago. So I kind of, you know, there's that rough time when you're letting them grow out and fall off. And I noticed afterward, why are my eyes not so dry anymore? Huh. And a lot of it had to do with now I was scrubbing my eyelid margin, you know, th- throughout the, you know, after applying them, you know, at the end of the day, after makeup, I was using hot compresses. I was doing all the things that I would never mm-hmm. normally do. Mm-hmm. when I wore the eyelash extensions. And for the record, I'll, I'll say that I think she looks better without them. <laughs> well, that is a very, that is the very right thing to say <laughs> to your wife. Um, but, but no, but that, yeah. that's interesting. Even, I mean, even, you know, the different mascaras that I've tried or eyeliners even can be kind of irritating. I know if I'm working a few, like mostly if I'm traveling and doing conferences, I'll wear more eyeliner than usual and my eyelid will get puffy or sore. <laughs> I'm thinking I need to stop doing that for a while. Right. So, I mean, a lot of people have turned to, you know, Lash Boost and Latisse to try to make the lashes more full, but that even causes, you know, redness around the eyelid margin. And for some other people, they think uh, causes their dry eye also. So Yeah, I was just actually talking to one of my friends from college yesterday, and she was talking about that. Um, she had used it years ago, and she had a lot of burning. Um, and she was just told, you know, that's normal. You got to get used to it. But it just kept happening. And then she finally stopped, and it went away, burning, like, of her lid margin, not her eye. I, right. Um, but when, And so what I said to her was, you know, first of all, those things aren't the best to be using around your eyes even though they're marketed for growing your lash. But that's why it's so important if you're using those products that you work with an eye doctors, you know, because you have these glands that are hiding inside your eyelids that they can And even get the prescription from an eye doctor and not buy it in the shopping mall. Which actually does bring up another point about the COVID. I saw somebody ask a question about Latisse. Um, Did you, do you think this is the right thing to do. It was someone that was looking for their refill on Latisse going through a website and maybe like a nurse practitioner would sign off at it at the end and you get it shipped right to you. Um, But anyway, I think that if you have a patient that's going to have to do these things for whatever reason, sometimes for me, it's like news reporters um, that I work with. They are wearing false eyelashes or doing something like altering the length of their lash. As long as they are under the care of us and we're watching for the changes and we can advise them when to stop, you know, um, or pause whatever beauty ha- habit they're or doing. Or just I tweak think their beauty habits. For sure. So, and again, you you don't want to say stop unless obviously it's causing a health emergency, but you want them to at least be able to adapt to lessen the impact on their eyes, the irritation, the redness. Yep. 
Um, so let's talk a little bit about this hot topic of contact lenses also that I've seen a lot of debate about um, anywhere from during COVID, you shouldn't wear contacts to, um, you know, contacts are safe. And so I know that you do a lot of work in contact lenses, and I would really be interested to hear your take on that. Yeah, so it's been interesting in the popular media, there's been a, a story circulated that um, you should not be wearing contact lenses during the COVID-19 crisis. And so uh, I think in response to that, um, there was a wonderful paper published in peer review, which means, you know, this is a scientific journal that has been vetted by um, uh, experts in, in eye care uh, to be accurate and, and um, ethical. And this peer review paper said that there is absolutely no evidence whatsoever that contact lenses are dangerous in any way during uh, the COVID-19 crisis. And, you know, the paper, it, 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 it acknowledged that, you know, it, there hasn't been enough time that has passed with COVID-19 to accurately study this virus in particular. But there have been so many other viruses that act like it that we can draw on that knowledge uh, to really determine if contact lenses are safe to wear. And the conclusion of this paper uh, was that contact lenses are in fact safe to wear during the COVID-19 crisis. Now, the caveat to that is that if any time you have a, 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 an, a red eye or um, you know, sensitivity to light or anything that, that makes you um, feel like something is wrong with your eye, then yes, of course, you should not wear contact lenses and you should go to glasses. But, you know, I, I don't think that that's really what's being reported in the popular press right now. They're right. just saying, hey, take your contact lenses well, off. Well, isn't it important to really to illustrate the hygiene aspect? Again, we go back to the hygiene because everybody's saying, wash your hands, wash your hands, and that will help, you know, cut the spread of the virus. Well, with contact lenses, you're, you're never supposed to insert your lenses or remove your lenses until you wash your hands because your hands need to be clean because, again, you have contamination, bacteria. And it's just nasty. So I think it would be wonderful if the media really illustrated the importance of hygiene um, and how safe hygiene, safe like, hygiene protocol can really help with this. Don't, don't you think that would make a difference as well? Yeah, so I'll tell you, a few years back, I was chairman of the American Optometric Association's contact lens section, which is a group that basically writes policy for the entire field of contact lenses for all doctors uh, in the US. And one of the, the documents that we came up with um, during my, my chair year was a, a list of recommendations of how to stay safe with contact lenses. And a few of the things on that list included, of course, every time you either put on or take off contact lenses, wash your hands, um, you know, to clear any bacteria that may be on your fingers or really any other substance that's on your fingers before you're actually handling the lenses um, to make sure, you know, with solutions, if you have, if you have a, a, a contact lens that is not replaced daily and you're going to be storing that contact lens overnight, to make sure to always use new solution in the storage case, never top off your solutions. 
no tap water should ever hit the, the surface of the contact lens. So it's okay to wash your hands with tap water, but you shouldn't be washing the lenses with tap water. And, you know, recommendations like this to try to keep people safe who are wearing contact lenses. Well, you know, what's really interesting is actually that those are a lot of the recommendations for eye makeup as well, because really you shouldn't be putting on eye makeup with dirty hands and you should practice safe hygiene with those. So with mascara, you wouldn't put water in the tube of mascara um, or, you know, spit in your mascara tube. You wouldn't wash your contact lens with water or spit on your contact lens. So it's actually, it's really, I find it fascinating because this, again, it's a, it's a conversation of hygiene. That, you know, that's a really good point. I mean, anything that, that goes in or around your eye should be clean. And anything mm-hmm. you can do to improve that cleanliness. Yeah, and nobody's saying stop wearing eye makeup during COVID-19. I mean, God forbid we're not allowed to wear a mascara eyeliner on our video conference calls. What would happen? So, it's again, it's the same thing, you know, <laughs> on around your eyes. So if you're going to be clean and practice safe beauty practice, why not be clean and use your contact lenses? Of course. Okay. Well, Michelle, I'll ask you just because um, he says, uh, Jeff says that you might know more about the cosmetics. But speaking of contacts, and although, you know, we haven't had the guidelines written to include cosmetic use, um, and, and maybe you did and I, I didn't hear it, but um, what do you tell patients? It's always, you know, some doctors will say, depends on the patient, they'll have them put their contacts in before they put on cosmetics, like a hyperope that can't see in the mirror without their contacts um, or like a person that's really farsighted? Um, or do you say, put your contact in after you apply makeup? How's that conversation look? <laughs> I mean, I, I think that there's no right answer there. I think that's up to the individual eye doctor and the individual patient. Um, you know, and it, it depends on the case. If somebody... Uh, is wearing contact lenses just for cosmetics, like to change the eye color. Um, it might be a different case of, you know, if the patient is wearing a contact lens because they can't see anything up close, right? So, so those those decisions need to be weighed before, um, you know, before giving a recommendation. Yeah, I mean, I have patients that do it both ways, and some of the hyper. Um, patients definitely want to have the, uh, or even the multifocal, multifocal patients really want to have their contacts in first, um, so that the makeup application is much easier. Um, I don't personally mm-hmm. wear contacts, so I've, I've thought about this question many times about what I would do. Um, but I, I think it probably obviously depends on the, the diagnosis of the patient and they're, you know, if they're wearing a multifocal or not, because I know the multifocal patients I have really want to put them on before so that they can have a easier time with their makeup. Mm-hmm. Which kind of also, I'm sure that you've seen it on exam um, when you're examining the, the women that are wearing contact lenses and eye cosmetics or even blush and foundation. It always seems to make its way into the tear film and like is blinking over the contact lens when you're doing your slit lamp exam. Um, so that kind of is a push to maybe even think about daily options, right? For those patients, daily wear, disposable contacts. There, there's no question that daily disposable lenses are the healthiest type of contact lens modality out. Um, there have been numerous studies that have shown that, that any daily lens, you know, because if you're getting rid of the things that adhere to the surface of the eye and the plastic 
that a contact lens is, if you're getting rid of that every single day, your chance of develop, developing a bacteria that latches on to the surface of the eye is much, much less. So daily disposable contact lenses, whether they be for vision correction or really just cosmetics, really are the way to stay the safest possible. And I think the reason why, you know, every patient that we have is not in a daily disposable really comes down to cost. Which I think you have a good solution for us, right? With, um, with your iris yeah, so, platform. You know, a few years ago, I realized that there was, there was kind of a hole in the market um, in terms of, of, of daily disposable contact lenses. Um, there were a bunch of disruptors in the marketplace that, have daily disposable contact lenses that they're skipping the doctor altogether and they're going direct to consumer. And we know based on years and years of seeing patients that this is not a good option. Contact lenses are class two medical devices that need to be monitored by a doctor in order for the patient to stay safe. And when we see these daily disposables going direct to consumer in the U.S., um, frankly, against the, the, the wishes of the FDA and the FTC, um, that's Food and Drug Administration and Federal Trade Commission, um, we knew that we had to come out with a, a cost-competitive contact lens. The reason these companies were going direct to consumer is they, they, they relied on uh, really inexpensive contact lenses, so lenses that the material has been around forever. It, 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 it's an older material that didn't allow a lot of oxygen to go through, but it was a very inexpensive contact lens for the consumer. Uh, the, the lenses that are prescribed by doctors are typically more expensive. And we know that consumers respond to convenience and to cost. So uh, a year and a half ago, I launched a daily disposable contact lens company uh, with a co-founder who is an expert in uh, business strategy and, um, you know, talking directly to the consumer. And we came out with a contact lens called Iris Daily that is incredibly inexpensive to the consumer, yet uses the top materials in the field um, and always keeps the doctor in the loop. So we are there to enhance the doctor-patient relationship, not disintermediate it. Well, that is um, definitely filling a void. And it's exciting to see an, you know, an, op an optometrist take the lead there um, because we do have so many disruptors out there with online sales of contacts. And um, I've seen, I've actually even seen with cosmetic colored contacts, how that can be so dangerous. I think the website's called Wink. You get things for like a dollar. I'm pretty sure it was like the old material of context that doesn't allow any oxygen transfer. But I had a patient once who got the lenses on some website that was not based on any kind of science. And as you can imagine, she presented with some pretty awful looking corneas. Well, there's no doubt that, you know, there are some unscrupulous companies out there preying on patients' desire for costs and convenience over uh, the idea of keeping the eyes safe and healthy. And I think most optometrists, uh, all optometrists really, uh, are interested in the safe and, and healthy wear of contact lenses. And hopefully they can use 
something that does provide the cost and convenience to the patient. Well, I think that's a good tie-in because as we always say, beauty shouldn't hurt. So whether it be contact lenses for vision or for vanity or for even eye makeup, I think now's a great time to say, wash your hands, keep clean. You can use your contact lenses, you can use your eye makeup, but just be safe. And I hope, you know, everyone be well, be focused and take care of yourselves. And I look forward to speaking to all of you again soon and seeing you in person when social distancing, social distancing is no longer an issue. Yeah, thank you guys so very much for, for taking some time out of your schedules to join us today. And like Amy said, hopefully someday we'll be able to see you without social Thanks, distancing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it.